We continue in our study of the book of John. I just want to get right into it. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 19. This section of the book of John is coming out of this beautiful introduction that some of you may have heard in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we're hearing from John the disciple. But what happens here in the first kind of uh, page of the book of John is John the disciple, John the author, starts talking about John the Baptist. So it might get a little confusing, okay? So there's, there's a couple Johns here, and I'm going to go back and forth. Um, but John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, and I want you to begin to wonder in your heart, if you will, remembering that John, the author, is very intentional in writing his story. He has a purpose and why he's doing it. I want us to begin to wonder together, why is John, the author, now talking about John the Baptist when he's told us the whole story is about Jesus, He's told us the purpose of his story is so that we might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing in him may have life in his name. So that sounds to me like a great setup to start learning about Jesus, right? To start hearing about Jesus, to start thinking about what he did, who he was. And yet John starts his story by talking about John, not John the author, but John the Baptist. Here's what it says. It says, now this was John's testimony, John the Baptist. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. What what this whole section is about is people trying to figure out who John the Baptist is. It's it's all about who he is. And so we're beginning to learn that we're going to have to learn about John before we learn about Jesus. The next verse says, he, being John, did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. John the Baptist is saying, I'm not the chosen one. I'm not the one you think I am. And again, if you remember John, the author's purpose for writing is he said, the whole story that I'm putting down is so that you would believe Jesus is the Messiah. And so John's being clear saying, I am not the Messiah. So they asked him, next verse, they asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He says, no. Now, John the Baptist was a fascinating Uh, unique, uh, even powerful person, a spectacle of a man that people were coming to see. And so they, they won't give up. They want to know who he is. So it says, finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replies in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, because that's what you would do too, right? If somebody's like, who are you? You would say, let me quote Isaiah. He's a different kind of guy, right? And he says, Here's who I am. I'm the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah or Elijah nor the prophet? They're asking, who are you and what are you doing? Why are you out in the wilderness, long hair, eating bugs with strange clothing? And here's what John says. He says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. The book of John, as as some of you heard last week, begins with an amazing introduction. It's a theological explosion in one verse, the word of God. He's telling us about this logos in the beginning was the word. It's Jesus. 
And the word was with God and the word was God. And, and some of you remember we talked about how John says that it's through Jesus all things were created. There's nothing that's been created that was not made through Jesus. And so this huge setup, right? We're stepping into uh, to, to begin to fathom what it would be like to understand a triune God, God the Father and the Spirit and the Son who created. And now the one has become flesh and is living among us. And he starts by telling us about his stinking cousin, <laughs> Like, who wants to know about his cousin? We want to know about Jesus, but John the author tells us about John the Baptist. I was thinking about it. I hope when my story is written, like the story of my life, because that'll happen, right, Gary? When the story of my life is written, I hope there are very few pages about my cousins. <laughs> right? I'm just thinking, like, no offense to my cousins, but if the Jacob story is told... I love my cousins, okay? They're important to me. But if the Jacob story is told, I can't imagine that you would turn to page one and it would say, let me tell you about this guy named Carl in Montgomery, Alabama. That's my cousin, Carl, right? No offense, Carl. Carl watches online. I love Carl. But it's like, why would, why would Carl be on page one, right? I don't know where Carl would be put in. All right, I'm gonna get myself in trouble with Carl. But cousins are great. But the story of Jesus who John is going to convince us is the Messiah, starts with cousin John. Why? I just want you to wonder that. Why? 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 I think John tells us. I think John tells us about John, a very specific story about when he was asked, who are you for a reason? Now, John is no doubt a very interesting man. Some think that John is the Messiah, but listen again what he says. They say, are you the Messiah? He says, I am not the Messiah. They ask him, so are you Elijah? He says, I am not. They say, so are you the great prophet we've been waiting for? He says, no. They don't know who John is. But here's the cool thing. John knows who John is. John says, not the Messiah, not Elijah, and I'm not the great prophet. He says, let me tell you who I am. I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the paths. John says, I'm not the guy, but I'm getting you ready for the guy. <laughs> so here's, here's the deal. John understands who he is. And the word that we often use for that is identity, okay? So John understands who he is. He, I'm going to show you some more. He tells us very clearly, I understand who I am, which means he understands uh, his identity, and John understands what he does or what his, what his purpose is, right? John understands what he does. He understands his purpose. So identity and purpose are the great questions that humans seek to answer. Um, the question of identity is, who am I? The question of identity is, who am I? And the question of, of purpose is, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? And I wrote these down, media, marketing, education, health and beauty, recreation, philosophy, psychology, sociology, time management, finance, pretty much everything humans have created to help us think about life and our lives are something to do with craving the answer to these questions. Not only that, these things, I'll list a few of them again, media, marketing, education, recreation, not only do they crave the answers to those questions, they prey upon our seeking after the answers to those questions. Who am I? What am I here for? I have no doubt that some of you in the room and some of you who are watching online are here and are attending this because you're somewhere in the midst of these questions. Who am I really? 
What am I supposed to be doing? Those are really questions that we encounter and talk a lot about in church. So John starts his story about Jesus, telling us about another guy named John who can answer both questions, identity and purpose, with no hesitation. John understands who he is. John understands what he's supposed to be doing. Let's read on just a little bit more, okay, in chapter one. We're just going verse by verse. Verse 29 says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. Jesus has appeared in the story and says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John says, this is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Hang on that verse for a second, Jay. John was born before Jesus, right? But he is saying, Jesus is before me. And if you just heard the introduction about this creating one who was there in the beginning, some of it starts connecting. Here's what John says. He says, I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And John says this, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. John knows who he is, right? He knows his identity. John understands his purpose. He gets water and he puts it on people's heads. But look what he says here. John understands who Jesus is. He says he's the Lamb of God. These are revolutionary, cataclysmic claims that John the Baptist is making. He's saying this other guy who's come and joined him in the wilderness, who's also his cousin, he's saying my cousin, Jesus, is the Lamb of God. No one is called the Lamb of God. He's saying, in a sense, my cousin, Jesus, this guy in flesh and blood, is going to be the one whose sacrifice makes a way for us. He is the Lamb of God. But he also calls him, as we just read, God's chosen one. John the Baptist in John chapter one makes the claim that Jesus is the Messiah. Out in the wilderness, we don't know how many people are gathered there. People are asking John questions. He's the star of the show. But he says, that one right there, look, look at him. He is the one. He reveals the identity of Jesus to the people in the wilderness. He knows who Jesus is, but he also understands what Jesus does. What does Jesus do, according to John the Baptist? He's gonna take away the sin of the world. Guys, they're standing in the wilderness, two dudes, their cousins who grew, grew up, you know, down the road from each other in Nazareth and, and close to uh, Jerusalem. And he's saying, my cousin is gonna take away all the sin of the world. That's what he does. He also says that he, Jesus, is going to bring a baptism that's different than John's baptism. Remember, John knows what he does. I'm the water guy, right? I'm John the Baptist, John the water. But he says, Jesus is gonna baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. These are crazy claims that are taking place in the world. They're so crazy, we're still talking about them. So John understands who he is, identity, and John understands what he's supposed to do. He understands his purpose. And John understands who Jesus is. He understands the identity of Christ. And John understands Jesus' purpose. He's supposed to take away the sin of the world, and he's going to baptize with fire. And so now I want to share with you why I think John the author, this is, I don't know, this is, I'm sure it's more than this, right? But why I think John the author begins his story with John the Baptist. It's not only because John understands his identity and purpose, and not just because he understands Jesus' identity and purpose, it's because John understands who he is in relation to Jesus. John understands 
what, who he is, but it's in connection to the one who's showing up to take away the sin of the world. And so that is what we might call the night identity in Christ. He understands his identity in connection with Jesus. And John also understands what he does in relation to Jesus. So he's not just getting up in the morning and doing some stuff or he's got a job. He's saying, I understand that what I do, I understand what I do in how it is connected to what Jesus does. And so we might call that Jesus commissioned purpose, a Jesus commissioned purpose. So John's not uh, just, you know, doing his own thing. Every day he knows who he is in connection to his cousin who's also the Messiah. He's not confused about that. And he also understands what he's supposed to be doing in connection with Jesus. He brings together two things that many, and probably many people in the room and online, that many people are thinking about. So again, most everybody's thinking about who am I, what am I here for? And many people who would engage the service in some kind of way are thinking about who Jesus is. But there's something that really cool that happens when you bring those things together. It's actually, um, you actually can just kind of keep those things separate. You can learn all kinds of things about Jesus. Who is he? The word of God that was with us in the beginning. Oh, that's the Greek word logos and do all that kind of stuff. And then you can get up and do your thing every day and think, who am I? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? But John the Baptist like just has this clarity about what he's supposed to be doing, but it's all about how it connects with Jesus. I do baptize with water because he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Oh, you're calling me the Messiah? Like you wanna, you wanna bow down and worship me? No, no, no. I can't even untie his sandals. So everything in his in his his brain and his mind is about kind of how all that, that connects together. And I think that's important because, you know, we, we can do a lot of work. Like we can do all kinds of work on identity, like our identity. And it's important, isn't it? And so you can do all this stuff. Like you can be like, I'm an ENFJ and I'm a four wing five on the Enneagram and I'm a Pisces on the horoscope and I'm a Scottish Highlander. That's my heritage. I'm one eighth Native American, but I'm also a resident of Wilson County. I go to the noon Rotary Club. You know, we can do all these things that are like, these are my identity. This is how I hold together. But I have learned you can have all kinds of descriptors for your identity, but if you don't understand that in relation to Jesus, you'll always wonder who you are. And you'll just keep doing the test and keep doing the searches and keep connecting to other things. And you'll have all kinds of identity, but, but it, when it's not in relation to Jesus, it's not the fullness of what that can mean. Our identity is connected to the one who came before us. Our identity is found in the one who created us. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and nothing that has been created has been made outside of him. And so we believe that there's intention in our creation. And in the creation story, it says, here's the, the language of our creation. In the image of God, he formed us. In his image, male and female, he created them. And so we understand who we are in connection to the one who's come before us. John, the Baptist, was able to clearly and even quickly, when confronted, know who he was and who he wasn't. And that's what we need if we're going to follow Jesus today. A clear identity that has clear implications for how we're going to live. I remember when I was in high school, um, this one particular incident, my friends and I were acting foolish and making plans for some more foolishness. Now, I'm not gonna go into the details of our foolishness that particular night, because I think it would be distracting, and I'm not sure how the statute of limitations works in the state of Tennessee, okay? But I just need you to know that we were doing something foolish, and we were in the process of making plans for more foolishness. And I was over at this guy's house, I'd never been to his house before, and we're in the living room, and we're, we're in there, this my gang of, of, of guys, and the guy's dad walks into the room 
And he looks at me out of all the crew, right? He points at me. He's on the other side of the couch. I'm like, there's a whole crew. And he points at me, and this is what he said to me. He said, aren't you John and Nancy Armstrong's son? And without hesitation, I said, yes, sir. And when I said, yes, sir, there was no other answer, right? I knew who I was. I knew where I came from. And that question and that answer had immediate implications on my behavior. That's really interesting to me. I had an identity that could not be taken away from me, no matter how much foolishness I was a part of or how much I was planning to be a part of. It had direct implications on what I did in the next moment because somebody asked me, do you remember who you are? And because John the Baptist knew who he was and who he wasn't, he sets the tone for the gospel of John that we're going to study of how all others will understand identity and purpose for their lives. He says, I am not the Messiah. He is. He says, I do this. He does that. And so we're beginning a study. Uh, If you're you're new here with us, we're beginning a nine-month study of the book of John. And and so we're going to begin with this reminder, and it's very simple. You are not the Messiah. I want you to say that in your heart. I know sometimes I ask you to say things out loud. I just want you to say it in your heart, to say, I am not the Messiah. Just take a moment. Just say it in your heart. And I want to speak to you for just a moment as we begin to close. Stop trying to be someone that you're not. Stop trying to be the Messiah. Stop trying, that just means stop trying to be the savior of your world. Stop trying to be the savior of your family. Stop trying to be the savior of your children. Stop trying to be the savior of your office. You're not the savior. And actually, we can't even untie his shoes. So we need to know who he is. We need to keep him in his spot. You have to know who Jesus is. That's why we're doing this. That's why John wrote it down. You have to know who Jesus is. And when you, when you believe in Jesus as the son of God, it will lead you to a different kind of life. It's called life in his name. He is the word of God made flesh. And that's why we study Jesus, guys. Not so our brains get bigger, so our brains get focused. So our brains remember, so our hearts connect with him. When we say I'm not God, when we say I'm not the savior, we are released to be who we are supposed to be. That's why John the Baptist was so eager, I think, to do it. He's like, I'm not the Messiah. Think how tempting is like, are you the Messiah? He's like, nope, thanks for the compliment. I am not the Messiah. He said, I stand by the river and I dunk people. That's what I do. But there's one coming after me. Look at him, the Lamb of God. He's gonna take away all the sin of the world and he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I can just hear him saying like, I don't even know exactly how that's gonna happen. It's not my job, but you better get ready for it. We are in an age, so I'm talking about identity in Christ, okay? We are in an age where a sort of identity in Christ just won't work, okay? Just a sort of identity in Christ or I have a sort of purpose for Jesus. It's not gonna carry you through this age. We're in, our, we're in this present age, okay? And our age, the time we're living in, is in need of people who understand their identity in Christ 
and their purpose as a commission from him. We have enough causes and factions and parties. And if you're super excited about those and want to be a follower of Christ, I would say beware. It doesn't work real well to just be sort of understanding who you are or sort of following, but you really have a lot of identity and connection to this other thing. This world, the world we're in, is in need of people who say, I follow Jesus. I know who I am. I'm not the Savior. This group I'm a part of or this thing I follow is not going to save. There's only one thing that's going to save, and it's Jesus. And when we remember our identity in Christ, we come to places like, like this. We remember our identity in Christ. It snaps us back. And it impacts how we live. It impacts our behavior. So when I was 17, I was lost as a ball in high weeds. And one question, and I'm back. But I needed continual reminders, right? And so I just want, I'm closing out, okay? I just want to ask you as, as we close out this sermon, did anybody forget who they were this week? Did anybody just sort of forget, right? You're coming here, you're watching, you're here, and you're like, oh man, I forgot. And you need a reminder. And so here's the way to be reminded. You Don't look at me. Uh, don't be the Savior. Here's, how, here's the way to be reminded. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. So let's pray. God, in our prayer now, we look to Jesus. It's amazing, amazing Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the chosen one. And we're just, we know, just scratching the surface of understanding what it would mean for your word to speak in creation and that Jesus is that word and he becomes flesh and he moves into our neighborhood. And so uh, in this moment, God, I just pray that you would remind our hearts remind our brains that we are not the Messiah, but Jesus is, and that our identity is in Christ. And in the same way, God, that we would be reminded of our purpose, the purpose you've given us, or that you would help us find our purpose that we could live in for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.